Good morning. You're you're on right now. Good morning, and welcome to the Ashes to Rubies conversational podcast on life and recovery. Life, eh? We're going to talk about life. Life. Relationships, you... conflict, addiction, recovery, codependency. Crack cocaine. We don't. <laughs> we actually like... haven't talked about crack cocaine. Yeah. No. We've I... talked about a few other things. Um, everybody needs an ex-crackhead in their life. I remember when... Um... Hey, go lay down. Click, click, click. We need a nail trimmer. I remember when uh, I found a pastor and I followed him around and I was part of my recovery uh, plan and program. And I just was like, man, every pastor needs an ex-crackhead. Like they really do. Keep them in check. Yeah. Give if you're a, a good, pastor out there, go find, check. Ex, go find an ex-crackhead. We are, uh, we're good for business. <laughs> Why? To give them a good reality check? Yeah. Yeah. Keep a, keep them on their toes because we get in enough trouble, but then we call everybody, we can call them on their uh, troubles too. It's fun. What like what's the biggest diss? Like when you say life and recovery, I was like, you know, one of the biggest disses when we were little. It's like go get a life. <laughs> it's like assuming that you don't have one or the one that you have is horrible, and how could you be living it and and show yourself in public? Like it's actually a pretty deep diss for little kids. What was your biggest diss that you got? Is this bringing up bad memories? <coughs> Did you get bullied a little bit? No, you were like the pretty happy girl. No, 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 no. No, when you was, come to Ottawa, everything changes. Oh, go. I'm just, I'm trying to keep up. I, no, I was not the pretty happy girl. I was a nerd. I was a lonely, isolated nerd. Up till when? Grade like, seven. And then grade seven, you blossomed? Um, Bloomed? Yeah. Did people pick on you, though? Oh, yeah. I got picked on quite a bit. Like, because we were transient. In Indonesia, I didn't get okay, picked but- on. Here, that's the thing. I was with the same class from from kindergarten until grade six. I don't have that experience. Like, only until so I not, came to grade 10 in Ottawa. I don't actually think your circumstances are as relevant as, like, does it matter that you were transient? Does it matter? Like, is it because I was with the same group of people? No, I feel like a lot of what I felt about my childhood experiences were in my head. Like, most of it was through my filter of rejection. Mm, mm, mm. I think the average person gets bullied. Was like, I as rejected as I thought I was? I I'm think, not exactly sure. Yeah. I think there's people that get bullied more, but I think the average person has gone through some sort of tormenting bully. And I look at I look at high school, and I, I know my son. I asked him, like, hey, do you miss high school? And it's like, that was the best days of his life. And I'm like, oh, that's horrific. <laughs> Like, it's this pseudo-environment that it's not even real. No, like, he, it, like he all this emotion and everything matters so much more than it actually does. My question is, what's your favorite part of life? What? What's your favorite part of life that you live right now? Uh, the life that I live right now? Oh, these questions are so hard for me. Man, it's like I you threw just, it. You it's, just... It's like I've been throwing fastballs and then I just came at you with like a knuckleball and you just... I don't know why this is fun for you, but um, what's your favorite part of life? What do, I, I would say what am I... Yeah. What what am I most grateful for for the life that I have right That's now? a very different question. Well, you can switch it however you want. Sometimes you take a bunt. Sometimes you take a home run swing. I'm, I wake up with gratitude for what we have in our home. Like just the little things, like a little gym and a little computer, a little work area. Some people I know, especially in COVID, don't have that. Right. Like it, it, they have three kids. 
And yeah. so every space, there's no sacred space. I, I mean, so I enjoy this point in my life. Having adult children, I think is very different than having small children. I enjoy the fact that I'm not working in an office nine to five every day. Um, mm. I love that I'm not commuting downtown. Oh man, remember I the love, commu- remember I the go really train. I really appreciate and enjoy the community that we have. I really, I really appreciate our community. I think, I think that there's really amazing people that are learning and growing, and we don't all have everything figured out. And people are just trying to navigate life together. And so I feel like there's a lot of like vulnerability and transparency and grace for each other's mistakes and. Mm. I really appreciate that. I guess to sum up what I was saying, that my favorite part of life is having adult children. Mm. Yeah. That's a good... Uh, There's phases, right? Jason said there is no crackheads. It's a crack addict. (laughs) So to be articulate, yes. I I agree with that. We are are ex-crack addicts. Um, I guess crackhead is derogatory. You speak derogatorily about yourself, and not everyone appreciates that. No. And so, so respect to the crack addicts, we are the same as all the other people, all the other addictions. So, yeah, there we go. But the point of what you said was that people who haven't been around people, so when you were getting sober in early sobriety and you started hanging out with a pastor, it was a big reality check for him. He had never encountered someone who was so raw and real and just talked about whatever needed to be talked about and was really honest about where you were at. I made him really earn his money. He he earned his salary. (laughs) He earned his salary. Yeah. That's what I mean. You need those people in your life. I love the addiction community. So all the ex-addiction people find a pastor and just latch on and bug them. Because honesty and transparency and just like the realness of like, hey, how are you doing today? Like, I Fine. learned to ask new questions, right? Like, mm-hmm. I've learned to change because when you live norm, you know, if you're not Ooh, around that community, right? Yeah. Like, we're so fake and like, hi, how are you? Oh, I'm so great. How are you? No, that's not, that is not the reality of like the community that we've been hanging out with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In the community that we've been hanging out with, you know, it's really important for me to say like, you know, hey, how was, how's today? Or what was the highlight of today for you? Or having a good day or a hard day? Like, I like to keep it like to today because I know that a lot of these people are not having a great life right now. We are, life I wouldn't really, say these people, we are the people. Our people, we our are people, people, like we our community. Those people and I don't, are the people. I don't want my engagement with people that are just, you know, we're just seeing them once or twice a week. I don't want it to, to I don't want to put them in a position of like, you know, making them feel bad. I just want, yeah. I just want to be able to have like a real conversation, like, hey, I'm so glad you're here. And when people are in recovery, and especially in early recovery, it's very obvious if they're doing well or not well. <laughs> That's so I what think, I'm trying I think, to say. I think honestly, vulnerability and transparency is the favorite part of community that I live Yes. In. That's what I'm trying to say. Because sometimes it's really obvious that it was hard for you to get where, where we are, right? If we're somewhere, sometimes there's just some people that I'm like, I can tell it was hard for you to get here. And I'm so grateful that you got here stuck it out and took three buses and and so for me to just say hey how are you 
I just feel like that's not the right approach. All right, moving on. Sorry. Like, unless we start talking about women's bodies, because no, that no, seems no, no, like no. The, the highlight no. of the week. Keep going. Um, we are going to read our uh, contemplative meditation, so we will take this thought and idea um, and throughout our day. So I did read ahead a little bit. This is um, the family, the, the, the addictive cycle. And we're currently reading from a, a morning book. Family of Alcoholics. Yeah. The Al-Anon book. Perspective. So once there was a man... Whose beloved wife was transformed from the charming girl he had married into a sodden, sodden, what does sodden mean? Miserable. Miserable. Drunk. So there was a man, a boy met a girl, beautiful couple, they got married, and she became transformed into a miserable drunk. This is like our story, but backwards. (laughs) (laughs) She suffered from a disease... Called alcoholism. Although neither of them knew it, he was always angry and frustrated because he couldn't make her stop drinking. The more he tried, the worse she felt about it. The more and the more she drank. She was full of guilt and self-reproach because she left everything to him. He had to get the children ready for school, do the shopping, the cooking, the cleaning. Then one day, somebody told him about the Al-Anon 12-step program. Although he knew his case was hopeless, he thought he'd try it anyway. As he read and asked questions and listened to meetings, he found that he could get some good perspective on his problems. When he learned his wife had a disease, compulsive drinking, he stopped blaming himself for not being able to control her. He realized the children resented him because he was often cross and unreasonable and that they loved mama Because she never scolded, and they knew instinctively she was sick. He began to consider his own needs for rest, quiet, and a bit of recreation, and arranged to have a housekeeper take over the home chores. He made many changes, but especially in his attitude toward the alcoholic. After a spell of rebellion and resistance, she saw that she would have to get help. One day... She asked him to take her to an AA meeting. Wow. That's the addictive cycle. That's the tension of the excitaholic, the codependent, the adrenaline addict of controlling, fixing, and causing chaos. And then the sick alcoholic drinking. Like, imagine that. We don't even have to imagine but we can look back of 15 years of our addictive relationships and that was exactly what happened. And you exactly went to uh, message boards and you went to Al-Anon and, and I remember you're claiming the stake in the sand. You're learning and growing about the alcoholic, about me. And, and you said, I will not be tolerating this anymore in two years. <laughs> In two years. If this is still happening in two years, then I'm going to make some drastic changes. And you did. But this is the reality that we do have a disease, that our bodies are abnormal from other people and and we're stuck. I'm not choosing to drink. That's what addiction is. It takes away our choice. Um, And then the other person is left in reality of picking up the pieces and doing the work and being the victim and the savior at the same time. And the only hope is a program of action that leads us to our solution, which is God. Hmm. May you find him now. Amen.
Anything else you want to add? Was that the end of the reading? That was it. Oh, wow. That's a powerful just story. A story. That's a powerful our story. story. I don't know if we need to add anything else. I don't feel like it. Keep I think piece. I love the picture of just doing doing what I need to do for me. You know what I like the picture? You know what I liked about the story the most? It was role reversal. <laughs> Which it happens. There's lots of that. There's happening. lots of women that are alcoholic and the guys are the code. The meeting that we listened to last night. Mm-hmm. She's she's been sober sixteen years. Very good. All right, keep the peace. Be of good behavior. Mm-hmm. The only way out of this addictive cycle is the power of God, because we are powerless. We're managing our restless, irritable, and discontented spirits, and that's God's job. May you find Him today. Amen. <laughs>